Boom! Octopus crime. Terrific. All the other elements are really there. I'm not saying it's impossible for there to be good dialogue. Cocktail weenies. Well, whatever, fuck it. We'll just leave it there. Put that in the plus column. Horror tropes. But it was an escalation of what the fuck. If I stabbed you yet? Yeah. My dad was a cat. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Maybe it smelled like the glaive from Crawl. No whammies, big bucks, big bucks. Stop. Stop. Broadcasting live from inside the power band. This is the blah, blah, blah. In this episode, everybody dies. I want to suck your blah. Spooky. I'm your host, the Wolverine, along with my spooky friends. Oh, we need a good spooky Halloween name for the two of you. Hmm. I'm Booberry. <laughs> <laughs> My good friend Booberry Higo. Thank you, Count Chocula. And my friend Frankenlab. What's up? Welcome to the podcast, folks. Hope you loved our special Halloween spooky intro. Spooktacular. I didn't know what Frankenstein sounded like, so I kind of blew that hello, but whatever. That's all right, man. Welcome to the show, folks. This week we're going to be talking about a spooky Halloween movie. Ooh, we thought it was apropos considering it's Halloween. So strap in and get your extra pack of wipes to wipe all the gore and blood off you because this one's going to be scary and bloody as we talk about the whatever 2000 horror I thought this movie was terrible. I don't know about the other two, but uh, The Void, starring a bunch of people. Starring Knives Chow. Benny, you wanted to... Ah, you just blew my freaking nugget in the first second, man. <laughs> Benny, Benny requested this spooky Halloween movie. Uh, I'm curious what, uh, what drew you to this one, Benny. Well, it's very... It harkens back to lots of 80s horror movies mm. and... You know, that's really what they were shooting for. Um, it's got lots of great practical effects. Yes, it's a horror movie. So, Kev, it's not an Oscar winner. <laughs> but I, th- I think it's a fun romp. Sure, it doesn't. Uh, well, whatever. I'm not going to fucking critique the movie now. But um, that was really the, the thing was that uh, this movie was meant to be sort of an homage, homage to 80s horror films. And I think they, they did it. And did you know about it before they make it, made it inside? I mean, I didn't realize until after watching it that it was crowdsourced and indie and all that kind of stuff. So did you know about it back in the day or stumble across it randomly or what? No, I think I read an article, I don't know, whatever, it must have been a couple of years ago uh, that somebody did like saying, hey, you got to check out uh, the horror movie section on Netflix right now because there's a lot of great, you know, newer films that uh, if you like horror movies, you might want to check out. And that happened to be one of them. So right, right. And it just it stuck out at me. So sweet. Very cool. I found when watching it, I kind of just like I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this <laughs> just because I was just like, whoa, um, it's pretty heavy duty. Uh, and horror isn't really my flavor in general, as we've talked about during the thing episode. But um, it definitely had some thing vibes and definitely had some kind of like Stranger Things hospital sequence vibes. So it was interesting mm-hmm. for sure in that way. And the practical stuff was amazing. Even though I'm not much of a gorehead, it was still like tons of really amazing effects. So I think for me, I enjoyed it a lot more once I watched that making of that you uh, shot through and read some more about it and stuff and realized how indie it was. Yeah, I guess I probably should have made that clear to you guys before we, you know, <laughs> before I subjected it to you. That's all right. 
Uh, I personally, I wish you had said that, but I'm glad you didn't because it's probably going to make for a better episode. I watched the documentary and I, I got halfway through it and I hated the movie more <laughs> than Why? I did when I watched it. I, 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 this is difficult because now you've dropped this whole homage to the 80s thing in there and I love the 80s, right? So little known fact, I secretly love the 80s. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I didn't realize that. And I just, like, I thought this was like a serious horror movie. Like, the horror movies that come out now, well, let me back up. I'm not a horror movie person, okay? I was when I was a kid. I read every issue of Fangoria magazine when I was a kid. I was convinced that I was going to be a makeup effects guy for a good little band of years there. And, of course, that never came to fruition, which is why we're doing this. But I thought it was a serious horror movie. The horror movies that come out these days are, like, really scary. Like, some of them are just dark, man. I, I watched Paranormal Activity when it came out years ago, and I was, like, legitimately, like, this is really scary, man. That said, I thought this was a serious movie, and that's how I watched it. I got halfway through it, and I could not wait for it to be over. I thought it was pretty terrible. The creature effects were great. And then I watched the documentary this morning and I was like, I now I just hate this movie more. <laughs> so <laughs> That's where I landed. You're in a shitty headspace about this one, man. I kind of wow. do. So, but somebody always needs to and I'm sure it'll make for an interesting conversation. So, let's sally forth. Sure. <laughs> I was worried I was going to be the salty one on this one, but you're you're really uh No, I I knew that I had you trumped <laughs> last night, Chad, cuz I got halfway through it and I was like I, I one of my notes was actually my body is forcing me to go to sleep so I don't have to watch the rest of this movie cuz I was really struggling to stay awake watching it. <laughs> Ouch, Benny. That's fucked up. So, no, he didn't fuck up at all, man. No, I said, ouch, Benny, that's fucked up. I was saying, I was ouching on behalf of Benny. Maybe it is. Whatever. I mean, so my vision of horror, like, horror movies are never really fucking scary to me. So Yeah. Fair enough. entertaining, and, you know, I, I kind of expect a cheese factor from horror films. I guess maybe from growing up in the 80s, you know, I'm thinking of movies like From Beyond, maybe uh, something along those lines, Reanimator, shit like that. I don't I don't find the new, quote, scary horror movies to be scary at all. I read this article about Hereditary, and I don't know if either of you guys have seen that movie, but no. I was just like, no, what? I haven't seen that one. It, it, I mean, the, 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 the author of the article was like, I didn't sleep for like a week afterwards, you know, and all this stuff. And I, I watched it and I was just like, that's it. Right. Fuck. <laughs> So I think, you know, my my expectations of a horror movie are definitely different than they are from other movies. The idea of a serious horror movie to me is just kind of silly. Yeah, <laughs> I think the better you try to make it, the the, the worse you're going to end up with. Mm. And maybe this movie is a little guilty of that. But um, so. I don't know. I mean, I will say this much. When I first watched it, it was fun to watch. It, it kept me entertained. This time, I was definitely like, huh, hmm. I don't know, maybe it wasn't that good. So <laughs> I'll give you that. Fair enough. But at the, but at the same time, I still, I still liked what I liked about it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> 
I think that uh, uh, we've got an interesting paella of thoughts uh, for the folks at home. So I, I can't wait to unbox, unwrap, dig in with a scalpel, as it were. Mm-hmm. Early dad joke death. Dad joke death straight away. Oh, I've, I have exactly one <laughs> note, and it's knives chow. So I've, I blew my load already. Speaking of which, though, speaking of blowing loads, I I think that one thing that came to mind to me early on in this movie is how much I've kind of like horror movies are kind of like pornos where like they have like razor thin plots that lead to something that you're really coming to see, which in the case of horror movies is is gore and like mass murder. So I I found some of the early like exposition stuff really funny. Like it was like <laughs> just kind of like, well, we're in this hospital that had a recent fire, and the other character is like, yes, that was very scary, and this is my you know pregnant granddaughter, and the other one's like, oh, it's a shame about the blah 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 that the people in the audience need to need to learn about. You know, super funny. Tons of that early on in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm all conflicted now. <laughs> why, why is that? Please. please I'm conflicted because I because I, I didn't know that this was supposed to be like an oh an oh an homage, a horsey over to um eighties <laughs> to eighties horror films. I didn't realize it was supposed to be like that. So I'm sitting here like with my with my critical thinking cap on, right? Mulvey. <laughs> Right. With right. my not with my non-retractable claws, right? And my mm. Mulverangs, I'm sitting here with a TV. I've got a Mulverang ready to throw at the TV. Well, you, you tried know, to change the channel, but you're you cut the thing in half cuz your claws were out. Yeah, there you go. Okay, fair enough. So, um I uh you know, I'm I'm like trying to watch the movie with this mindset, you know, <laughs> like a storied film critic. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a bit of a piss take. So now I'm conflicted about how to think about this movie. So I'm going to have a, uh, I'm going to stick with my original timeline thoughts. And then I'm also going to have an alternate timeline thoughts. <laughs> I'm sticking with the original timeline where I'm a complete prick to this movie for an hour and a half. But I might sprinkle in some random shit. I did say that the uh, the creature effects were good. There you go. I think piss take is, is not the right terminology. It's definitely. Uh, You're right. Homage or. or- Horse Dover. <laughs> this is the best mispronunciation ever. Is that from something, or did you just pop that off the dome? What's that? Hors d'oeuvres. Well, I just I like to say Horse Dover because that's not how you're supposed to because say it. Because people, and like, I remember, yeah, think that you're an idiot, and it's really funny. Well, and also because it kind of sounds like homage, which is also a French word. So now homage, at least in my part of the EBD universe, is Horse Dover. <laughs> So, so there. The uh, the other thing too is that, and I'm sure a lot of people listening will identify with this. Like when you're a kid, I don't know, or maybe not, but when I was a kid, I would see these certain words, and I would just be utterly mystified by how to pronounce them, and I couldn't figure it out. So for years, for example. The word chaos, I used to see that on the page, like in school, and I would be like, what is chaos? <laughs> what, what is this chaos? And then I would, hear the, I would even hear the teachers say chaos, and I would be like, I don't see that anywhere on this page. Chaos? Cha- what is chaos? The way that you said chaos sounds exactly like the Beetlejuice Deo scene where they're all dancing at the table. I want to see chaos. You, I want to see you do that. Chaos. <laughs> Chaos, come and we want go home. Che. When Kev goes to Olive Garden, he orders the pasta fagioli. (laughs) (laughs) 
Miseche, miseche, miseche. I hear that kind of stuff constantly on podcasts. People that, you know, learned words from reading them. I'm sure I'm probably guilty of it. And there's a couple sprinkled through the uh, oh, no doubt. dozens of episodes we've got. But it's funny. It's funny when you hear it. Yeah, so Cheos is a great example. But Whores the Overs was another one. I used to see that when I was a kid. And I would be like, what the hell? What the fuck is a whore's D over? <laughs> That's great. That's where the whore's D overs comment came from. I think I'm going to have to make a pimp character in City of Heroes now called whore's D over. Oh, God, that's so good, man. But spelt phonetically or spelt like the way it should be? Yeah, uh, kind of a bastardization of the two. So, you, you know, that that's as good as like one of the best ones I've seen since the game came back, which is Old Dirty Blaster. That was a great one. Ooh, that is good. Yeah, it's really strong. I got to drop this here. My kid. um, Do it. We got like a bag of toys off of Facebook Marketplace for like 30 bucks. And there was a really sick Optimus Prime in there, you know, like a really sweet one. And a Bumblebee, like a shittier Bumblebee. And he's two and a half, so he's barely talking really and can't really speak overly well. But I was teaching him all about Bumblebee and, and Optimus Prime last night and showed him like the trailer from one of the movies. And he was pretty pumped on it. And then today... He's like, what's this? It's like, oh, that's Optimus Prime. He's like, no, it's Octopus Crime. (laughs) (laughs) And from that moment on, I'm so pumped to call him Octopus Crime. It was the funniest goddamn thing ever. Wow, what a nice little, that was a warm, wonderful cul-de-sac right there. That's it. Back to the horror movies. Terrific. Back to the horror movies. So that was my, uh, I mean, it was, it was a riff off of what I was talking about. So at any rate, I didn't realize this movie was a horse deal over of, you know, these 80s movies. So I've got my two, two different timelines. Let's go. Where do we want to start? We want to start with Bobo Bill Paxton or... Bill Paxton? The terrible, I said Bobo Bill Paxton. Bobo Bill Paxton. Yeah. Please expand. Enhance. Enhance. When this movie started, like, then the, the credits are coming up. I'm like, wow, this is really good. I was like, this cinematography is cool. These shots are fantastic, man. Like, all these, like, twilight shots, you know, it was, like, kind of creepy, but not, in, like, in an annoying way. So, enter the kid that doesn't talk and what I ended up calling Bobo Bill Paxton because the guy kind of looks like Bill Paxton. If, if Bill Paxton was, like, I don't know, maybe a better... <laughs> A better a better description would be maybe like B level Bill Paxton. I don't know, dude. Uh-huh. He was uh, he was sort of like mysterious. The guy with the shotgun and the and the, what, the the guy that was the father, I guess, was his name in the movie. Daniel Fathers as the father. <clears throat> I'm not I'm not feeling any Bill Paxton connection there, but but I like it. I like how committed you are to it. Sally Forth. I know. <laughs> he look he cut. To me, he kind of looked like Bill Paxton, Ben. That was the closest I could get. I mean, maybe there was somebody else. He kind of maybe looks like a combination between Paxton and Christian Slater. I don't know. But at any rate, that's where I landed. He's like kind of like B-list Bill Paxton. (laughs) It's so terrible. As we went through the movie and I listened to the terrible dialogue, I was like, this is awful. And he's just, this is awful. (laughs) (laughs) That was <laughs> such a huge build up. <laughs> I don't, you know, as a, as an actor, I don't I don't like to bash actors. I'm not making any movies, so <laughs> I can't really, you know, it's hard for me to like say things like that, but I I don't know, maybe it was more the fault of the the terrible dialogue, the or or the purposely terrible dialogue. I don't know. I'm I'm 
again conflicted. So I, yeah, he was Bob. He was you know Bobo Bill Paxton, B list Bill Paxton. That that was the vibe I got, and his lines. Some of his lines were just ridiculous, and some of the scenes were just totally ridiculous. I mean, because of the dialogue, which I think was really the <laughs> was holding this thing back more than anything, man, because all the other elements are really there. If I can just dip into the high level pool for a second, I mean, you know, the creature effects are good. The sets are great. You know, we don't know when it takes place, which I love always. You know, we got a lot of 80s kind of Impalas, Ford POSs, you know, the cop car, whatever. So that's that's my uh, that's the beginning of uh, B-list Paxton. <laughs> right on. <laughs> the dialogue is an interesting it's an interesting thing you bring up because the making of talks about how they made a trailer kind of real and then crowdfunded it. And then once they had the crowdfunded money, they were like, OK, now we have to write a script. So I guess it kind of makes sense that the practical effects style showcase was the main attraction and then the story and structure built up after that or whatever but i don't know i mean definitely i kind of like expect a horror movie to have really shitty dialogue so it kind of didn't i didn't really dwell on it too much but i guess it's definitely a valid uh definitely a valid gripes of kev well it's it falls squarely into the middle of the gripes of kev so you know <laughs> yeah i guess i would mirror what you said chad i think the whole point of this movie was really to sort of showcase the vfx and everything else was secondary, but also you are correct. I never expect very uh, terrific. Th- I'm not saying it's impossible for there to be good dialogue in a horror movie. I'm just saying it's not usually what I'm coming to the show for. I'm not expecting it to be part of the ticket price. Fair enough. Fair enough. I suppose the same saying could be said for like full on action movies or maybe even full on martial arts movies. But it's so li- it's so delightful when they kind of hit both. But it's so rare too. agree. And how and how. In the aftermath of this whole thing, it definitely kind of, I got a bit of a prospect vibe. The really awesome indie sci-fi movie that Benny had us watch back in the day. I think it was like, I don't know, episode seven or something of the show. So That was a great movie. Awesome, awesome movie. But after watching it and seeing some of the making of, it was just like a band of of misfits that were really trying to, you know, do a homage to Star Wars style lore and lowish budget and really just work their dicks off or work their asses off, I should say, because some of the people didn't have dicks. Very similar vibe here, I think, in the aftermath. I'm very glad that I got to see that making of it. It definitely made the film a lot more substantive in my mind. Wow, that's tremendous. I didn't get I didn't get from watching the documentary that this is a crowdfunded movie. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I read it somewhere, too, so maybe that was it. They pitched it to a studio of some kind, and, you know, because they keep flashing back to the producer, who's also saying, you know, how great the movie is throughout the whole thing i mean whatever he's not going to say the movie's bad but yeah i think it might have been on the wikipedia but they raised like 90k for the visual effects or the special effects i should say uh crowdfunding right it was partially crowdfunded wow well that's impressive man because the they they clearly i mean they said it in the documentary they stretched that budget to make this movie work and and they did it looked great kind of echoing what you said a little bit earlier kev like i'm just not a horror fan like i just i don't really watch horror movies very much and i've only watched a handful of them i've seen some of the classics you know like the original texas chainsaw and all that kind of stuff but i think like knowing it was going to be a bit schlocky with the dialogue and knowing it was going to be a gore fest like it didn't surprise me throughout watching but what i meant by like the documentary making me a lot more stoked about it is because i just like i appreciated how pumped they were to make it even if it wasn't for me you know Mm. that's kind of why i was stoked about it 
Okay, fair enough. I, I watched the documentary and I just got more upset. So. <laughs> don't don't be upset. But what 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 about the documentary got you upset? Like I'm well, just curious. Like the whole thing. You were just like, "Come on, guys, what the fuck?" Or what? Like, yeah. I mean, I really like. I mean, I I was like, okay, I appreciate everything you're saying, but it really I mean, the feel of the documentary was more that they made the movie so that they could make the documentary later and have anecdotes to say in the documentary. Like, I was like, oh god, this is awful. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. The documentary was just them being like, we had no money and it was really hard, and we still got the movie done and high fives all around that was kind of what i took away yeah from. and there was a lot of back padding of themselves and all that and i just i don't know it's like whatever this is dumb well that's kev's done for the show folks benny what'd you think <laughs> noping out you want to chuck your rating out and just uh, so long folks go play coh yay yay <laughs> go make go make whores deovers yeah you beat him like, to the finish line <laughs> I think we're going to have to throw a couple more horror movies into the mix so that we can really see where this stands. Maybe one of those, you know, really scary ones that you were talking about, Kev, and then maybe something, you know, just an older, you know, like an actual 80s horror film to, to like. Well, yeah. So we can really have some perspective on this. So, you know, I, I, yeah, you're right. We should. We should unpack a couple more of these, man. It definitely deserves more exploration. So anybody listening, uh, shoot us shoot us recommendations if you're a horror buff. Yeah. I'm sure Benny's got a few more of his sleeve, but I'd be very curious what other people think. I have no doubt that the people listening to this show are ever going to run out of suggestions. It's <laughs> true. Like eight million already. There's too many good things out there. Uh, so where do you guys want to – You want to? where do you want to go next? You mentioned that opening scene with the house and BB Bill Paxton or whatever the fuck that <laughs> craziness was. But when he lights their or they light the the girl on fire, shoot her and light her on fire, I definitely got like the opening scene to the thing vibes where you're just like, Whoa, that's intense. But as soon as she gets lit on fire, I was immediately like, Oh, it must be just like the thing where she's infected or something. Yeah, I mean there's definitely some thing vibes in general. Uh in clear this movie, homages later, yeah. They're they're not uh they're not at all explained you know like like the thing is the thing it's you know pretty clear that it's you know an alien thing and in this one it's it's uh rather mysterious yeah some kind of supernatural demon uh, thing. thing doesn't really ever kind of <laughs> clarify it but no it never does but I, I i kind of like that about it yeah i don't you know they never explain it but i kind of got the impression um the cop keeps getting these visions you know of of like the 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 void space or whatever um here and there and i I kind of get the feeling that this is something that's like happening to everybody i guess right and that it's some kind of you know connection to that space that's you know causing these people to turn into horrible creatures after they die yeah or like the doctor dr evil is like (laughs) <laughs> affecting whomever he wants to and so he leaves them alone but messes with others i guess yeah yeah that's quite possible but I, I like the fact that they don't you know you know it could have been horrible uh in the respect that they you know went into explaining all these bleep bloops and uh <laughs> <laughs> totally various things that are completely unnecessary i did like we'll get to it later but i did kind of want there to be some sort of explanation but i suppose you're right like they kind of painted themselves into such a corner that no explanation was probably way better than anything they could have come up with yeah i'll have to agree with that although i did find the lack of explanations for the various different things frustrating so i was just looking forward to finding out because you know i don't know 
So many movies do tie it up, I suppose. Well, exactly. And I, I mean, you know, we're all about the lore here on this show. And like, I was like, there's some interesting lore here, you know, um, somewhere. I don't know where the Lloyd, the lore is in the void, clearly, because <laughs> we didn't get this, we didn't get this to find out what the lore was. But the whole thing about, like, you were saying, Ben, like the infectious nature of the whatever creatures or demonic spirits or whatever the hell was going on. I mean, that was just it. They never really explained what exactly was going on and then what the void was and the cultists. And it was part of my frustration and also part of what made me dislike this movie. Oh, you didn't like this one, Kev? <laughs> so I, I enjoyed the, the ambiguousness of it personally. I, I liked not knowing, you know, only getting little glimpses of like, you know, I mean, it's pretty clear that, that Dr. Evil is trying to bring his daughter back to life and or, or more so trying to do away with death, period. Mm, mm. And a lot of the creatures are experiments you know like there's uh, so they they go into his you know whatever experimental void space that's in the hallway that doesn't exist in the hallway <clears throat> in the hospital i mean and um they encounter that one room where it's just filled with all these like abominations basically and you know the doctor talks about the fact that you know he made some mistakes uh, some you know experiments that that didn't go right but he wasn't allowing them they all want to die and he wasn't allowing them to that kind of a thing so it's clear that he's that there's he has a purpose in trying to do that anyways he's trying to create immortality basically or anti-death or something along those lines and or, or you know, bring death the death reality the death plane in to existence with the living plane your guess is as good as mine <laughs> yeah, there you go but but we know we're we're that's what we're shooting for we're shooting for something like that and then i just like you know they they find his notes and he's got all these you know crazy like geometric patterns and scribblings and you know so it's clear he's been doing all this research into the supernatural to try and achieve his 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 goal so you get that much you know which some more would be good for sure but i think it's a it was enough to make me like wonder like oh that's kind of creepy and weird like mm. I wonder what that is. I suppose just specifically for me, it was kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I kind of got the same vibes off of all that stuff and felt the same way. And then it was like, what's his end goal? And I get the whole like getting his daughter back, but then his daughter's like this really gigantic, weird four-legged beast thing. And then he's going to take people into this weird triangle land. And then what happens there? So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Like I was just kind of. It feels like they got 98% of the way there and they were like, yeah, we're not going to tell you because it's up to the audience. And it's like, all right, well, okay, cool. But yeah, it was like they probably, I mean, they, they talk about in the documentary that, you know, quite a bit was uh, just left out or, you know, left on the cutting room floor because they just couldn't, they didn't have the budget to really get in there. So I think, you know, maybe because of where they were at with filming, they just decided that it was best to leave it rather ambiguous. You know, I don't, I don't know, but it wouldn't be the first time I've watched a, a horror movie where the, you know, explanation for why things are happening is rather ambiguous so or i don't even know if it's true but the uh the end of 2001 where they just go to the like psychedelic last five minutes kind of thing because hmm. i guess they ran out of money or i don't know what maybe that's just some weird rumor or something but well yeah um hmm. yeah not knowing is fine I, there really should be more not knowing in general in movies i i think we've talked about this before 
So, I mean, yeah, I, I can get on board with that for sure. I mean, I was that that's definitely not the focal point of my frustration either. Like they're like I said, like they're I see what they were trying to do here. And, you know, the creature effects were good. The sets were great. Like the not the lore, but the ramp up to the lore was great. I just kind of wanted to know more about it because they had some interesting concepts going on. You know, they just, there were certain things they definitely should have explained. And then other things they should have just left the way they were like unexplained, you know, to keep people intrigued, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't think they got it right, but I appreciate the effort. <laughs> oh, I definitely appreciate the effort. No doubt. It's definitely tons of effort. One of the things or one of the sort of things at play in this movie that I found intriguing was that clearly something is going on in this little town. Right. You know, there's all these cultists and, you know, it's like this thing that just seemingly crops up overnight. Like everything was fine until until the cop picks up the guy on the side of the road and then it like shit hits the fan, you know? And, um, I, I liked that sort of like, you didn't really know whether it was just in the town or whether it was the entire world that this was happening to, you know, mm. they sort of left that ambiguous. And I, I liked that idea about it. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I, I, it just like popped into my head, like a, what if scenario, like what if things, what if nothing was what it actually seemed like, you know, like what if behind closed doors, all these people that I know were actually like sinister or evil or something, you know, like, I mean, I, I didn't like walk around paranoid for weeks afterwards or whatever, but it was just this sort of this thought that occurred to me that like, what if things weren't the way they actually seemed hmm. like a thought exercise. Yeah. I don't know if I'm really captivating like what I was thinking when I was a kid, but there's something about in that in this movie that that definitely sort of captivated me that whole idea of like you know like the doctor you know is like the local doctor that everybody knows and you know but behind the scenes he's doing all this really weird shit to achieve his goals you know these are my experiments daniel these are the ones that didn't work this one was missing eye of newt <laughs> <laughs> And this one was missing whores de overs. <laughs> Boom! Cocktail weenies. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, and so like you would you would assume that uh, all the all the cultists that are out there in their weird sort of you know white KKK robes with a triangle face or whatever. <laughs> I was going to say KK triangle. KK triangle. Triangle. You assume those were all just normal townspeople. So it's like this weird, this little, just this group of people that don't seem to be in on the joke, you know? So I, I just. Interesting. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. I found, I found that, that idea to be sort of captivating and, and I like that they didn't explain, they didn't really get into the scope of it or, or, you know, how long things had been going on or any of that stuff. So I thought that was cool. And just a quick, a quick one. I suppose I kind of assumed that the KKK people were semi-supernatural. So I, I kind of didn't think about how they were probably like a whole bunch of the townsfolk, just like how actual KKK people were hidden identity stuff. So that's an interesting point for sure. Jeez, I, I hope supernatural beings aren't wearing like suit pants and dress shoes under their robes. Yeah, they're like, I'm a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, dude. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can clearly see when the when the policeman gets, uh, you know, attacked with a, and stabbed with the knife there. Like when he goes out to check on his car the first time, like the, the, the dude wearing the robe is clearly wearing like suit pants. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. You know what? I didn't notice that, Ben. So I still had this vibe of like, well, they could be these kind of sort of supernatural minions. Minions. Yeah. I mean, this movie... I was thinking we would talk about this in a section, but it's sort of pointless. Like, so I'll just say it now. Like, this movie to me had 
Yes, elements of the thing. It also had a major Hellraiser vibe going on because I watched definitely. I probably one through four the original ones, you know, and they were really freaky, man. Like freaky, like this, and really good. So you, you couldn't really tell, you know, where the 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 Ku Klux Triangle people were, you know, if they were to <laughs> if they were Jesus. real or. <laughs> some sort of some sort of creature, some sort of spirit or whatever from some other dimension, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Kind of like in Hellraiser, you know, like they were the pinhead and all the other creatures in Hellraiser were like they were flesh and blood, but they came from, you know, another dimension. So they had some sort of extra dimensional otherworldly powers. I can't believe all this shit's coming out of my mouth. Anyway. Well, it was based in the existing lore, the religious lore. So it makes, it added a bit of depth to it. Whereas this kind of was intentionally left vague, I guess. True. But I, I'm with you guys on the vagueness. Like I like the not knowing. I mean, that's sort of making me want to know more about the lore of the story. You know, so that's a plus. We'll put that in the plus column. There you go. I giggled a minute ago because I I was thinking that the triangle people could be called the alt right triangles. It's a little geometry joke. Ooh, geometry joke. It's also a sort of a keyboard computer joke. I was thinking more like three, four, five triangles, like right triangles. A little carpentering history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Do you guys ever um hear about or read uh, House of Leaves? Well, that sounds familiar. What is that? Yeah. It's a really weird book that I think pioneered the, like, bizarre writing style where towards the end of the book, like, the writing is in spirals and there's, like, one word on each page and some of them are in mirror fucking you got to hold it in front of a mirror and shit. Yeah. It's a really interesting book. It's a weird book. And it's two stories. So, like, the one story is written in one font and then the other story is in another font. And, like... One story references the other story. So it's a very odd literary book, but there's a house in this story that contains like doorways and hallways that aren't there. And like the the characters get lost in this like weird hallway doorway thing. And it very much reminded me of the hospital. So I'm just curious if you guys had read it. I haven't. I'm aware of it. But uh, that was definitely another thing that I, I liked was the idea that, you know, these they seemingly go looking for the nurse, uh, looking for like where, where they keep the drugs or whatever. And they end up like somewhere that just doesn't actually even exist in the hospital. Uh, that was kind of cool. It definitely adds a creep factor to it for sure. But they did go to the supply closet. Since we're on that, I'm going to expound on that. They did go into the supply closet because you see the bag on the floor that mm. she had gotten for the supplies. Because, you know, they keep a bunch of those plastic grocery bags in the supply closet so you can carry. As you do. Definitely. So you can just carry your items around. And um, It's a bag of holding, Kev. There you go. It's a bag of holding. I. What's the deal with the bag? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> Strike that. You don't have to apologize for anything, man. Could throw a Seinfeld out there anytime, bro. That, that, yeah, that, no, you can't use that, though. That just, that just, uh, that was actually in an in Adventure Zone episode, but it made me think of it because they were talking about the bag of holding. Oh, okay. Ooh. And somebody was like, what's the deal with the bag? And they actually threw in the boop, 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 boop. That's funny. <laughs> they did? That's nice. <laughs> oh, shout out to the Adventure Zone. Awesome podcast. Yep. We so can, we can do that with anything else, but we can't say the bag. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, now I lost my train. Sorry, <laughs> what the hell is that? The uh, the supply closet, the bag. So the bag they, of they go supply closet. 
Right. So they go into the supply closet, and there's clearly somebody standing there underneath a plastic sheet. And then, like, they don't really notice, and then they leave, and nothing happens with that that weird person who I'm presuming was transformed by the evil energy afoot <laughs> in the <laughs> hospital. I think it was just like a mannequin or something, dude. A mannequin in the supply closet? That's a little weird. It had blood on it. No way. Really? I thought it was just like they, a they made a thing. They made a point of focusing the camera on it like two or three times. So it, I, I was like, that. yeah, that's like the girl or another person or something. I buy it. I, I just didn't notice. They said they were creatures and and scenes for creatures that they put the, that they actually made, but they never they didn't um. get a chance to use in the film. So that was probably like a tee up for something that just you know they're like, well, uh, we we can't do that, but uh, well, whatever, fuck it, we'll just leave it there because it's ambiguous and weird. Yeah, there you go. Love that. <laughs> That's plausible. They they put it there just to fuck with you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> they did, man. Like, in the future, this one dude's going to watch us and fucking hate it. It's going to be great. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, what? What? Uh, Chad, you said you were going to derail us with something a moment ago. What was that? Fuck, I don't know. One of the scenes, just jumping around a little bit, because we don't need to go chronologically, but early on, one of the scenes I appreciated was the um, the cop confronting the girl who was cutting her face off really early. It kind of, they sold the, like... Barbara or whatever her name was like what the fuck are you doing Barbara you know she's just like cutting off chunks of her face it's like all right and then he shoots her and kind of the aftermath of that like I, I felt like that was one of the more plausible scenes in terms of just like the what the hell is going on here you know people stuck in a house or people stuck yeah. in a hospital in this case like real um horror tropes I'll give you that I guess uh, yeah okay <laughs> I love how grumpy you are <laughs> fine yeah that was all right <laughs> I am I don't I just thought that the I don't know, like the dialogue was so terrible. I mean, one of my notes was, you know, excessive use of profanity to cover up bad writing. You know, it's like it's that's, so that's many like the story of my life, Kev. I use profanity excessively to cover up my bad writing. So I, I, I totally gelled with that. Well, unless you're talking about the script of your life minute to minute, then, you know, it doesn't really apply. So it's that's what this movie had so much of that. You know, I, I just felt like there was constantly like f-bombs and other swears thrown in just completely unnecessarily it it just it, it was bleeding bad profanity placement everywhere you know like i don't know i i thought that was it really bothered me it was annoying i didn't notice that at all but <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna laugh at every gripe you have by the way <laughs> you can man you can laugh all you want it really bothered me because it was so annoying because I was like, this is dumb. On behalf of the film crew, Kev, I apologize. No, you can't do that. <laughs> no, I don't want to forgive them. Oh, my God. You know, so, I mean, I don't know if you guys were feeling that or not, but, I mean, to me, it was the dialogue was, again, like I said earlier, it's, I think that was, like, the primary thing dragging this, this production down, right? Because we, you know, the creature effects are good. There's you know, some great horse D-overs going on. The Thing, Hellraiser. Also, I got a little, there's some Event Horizon action going on in this for sure. Um, the Doctor being kind of, was giving me a little Sam Neill vibe there, you know. Yeah, kind of, yeah. In the sense of like, I've been to the dark dimension and now I'm back and I'm going to bring it here. Blah! You know, like that kind of thing. And like, you know, barbed wire shoots out of his eyes or whatever. So... <laughs> 
Eye of Newt. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That's interesting. I, I, I loved Event Horizon. I, I still do. I like that movie a lot. But I... <laughs> It it goes to show how skewed my 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 like I don't know uh, compass of horror movies is my yeah sure we'll call it that because I watched somebody <laughs> do like an extremely scathing review of that movie and I was like fuck they're totally right but I still love it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like pointing out all these horrible plot holes and like just terrible, you know, things mm. about the movie. And I was just like, fuck, that's all true. But I still love it. I know. So. I still do. <laughs> I still love it, too, man. Larry Fish in that hanging JP chair was just, you know, awesome. It's been a long time since I saw that one. That would be a good one to do to, to draw a comparison from because it is similar in a lot of ways. And I'm much more down with sci-fi style horror than I am with traditional horror. I concur wholeheartedly. Notes, Benny, you got any thoughts? Any scenes? I don't know if there are any specific scenes that are popping out of my head. There really wasn't when I, I... I just sort of appreciated the fact that it was an escalation of what the fuck, like, straight through. <laughs> mm. Really. That'll be in the sizzle reel. The, when, they, when they stumble upon, like, the hell room with all the, like, abomination creatures, that was, that was pretty freaky, I thought. Gnarly, for sure. With the one creature just like impaling its head on that spike and oh yeah, over and over again. And how they just like you know, it's like they don't realize what's going on, and then all of a sudden, all these creatures sort of take notice of them. Yeah, definitely freaky. That that guy, that contortionist that they got, where they built a creature especially for him, that was definitely oh. a freaky creature. That was amazing. I thought that was just like a puppet effect, and then the fact that it was a real dude was just mind blowing. Yeah. Oh, I knew. I knew it had to be a real dude. It was that was great, fantastic. I kind of found the way they threaded that kind of climactic stuff together, where it was like non-existent hallways, non-existent rooms, off the beaten track, hell room stuff, and then like weird hallucinations where they're like, you know, the father and son or whatever are in their normal environment, and the father starts hallucinating here and there, and then the cop hallucinates. That was kind of cool. I liked how they threaded that all together. Mm, I didn't think that that was strongly. It wasn't displayed strongly enough because I didn't quite get that. I was sort of like, "Is that what's happening?" Because it, it, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was strong enough. I wish it had been a little bit stronger, you know, like because that that element of the film it definitely had like a Stranger Things upside down world kind of meets Silent Hill, which had a very similar kind of thing going on. I don't know if you guys ever played the Silent Hill games. I played the second one on the PS2. Back in the day, and I mean back in the day, and that was the first game. That game really scared me. It was it was like a legitimate, you know, made me jump a bunch of times. But it, it had the same kind of idea. And the first, and the movie was pretty good too. You know, that, that kind of concept of like, you know, two, you know, the sort of demon world or the upside down world coexisting at the same time and, you know, people sort of hallucinating back and forth or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite get the Stranger Things upside down thing with this. I just got kind of more of the like Dr. Evil's in the guy's head and making him hallucinate. And then like the fact that it cut to him trying to like choke the the mute guy on the ground in the dirty hallway again. I was like, oh, I see. It's a hallucination. That That's kind of the moment it clicked for me. I didn't get that because I wrote I wrote B list Paxton versus the mute the flare so lame like the whole thing was so I, I just I don't know I didn't get it and then I was like why is he pulling this flare out 
to, you know, or like, I, I get it, like a flare. Okay. Like that would do something for sure. But like, it was just so bad. It was, it was just like, ah, and then it was like, oh, wow. Oh, you're still my buddy or my son or whatever. Like, I, it was so lame. <laughs> you so got to be in your bonnet early in this movie. And there was no recovering. <laughs> And, then, and like, oh, even better, dude. It was like later on when the when um, B list Paxton is like about to die, and then he pulls out the like the mustard bottle or the ketchup bottle from the diner with it's filled with gas, and that's like his cyanide pill. He's like whips it out of his pocket, and he's like, no, and starts spraying the gas all over himself, you know, so the kid can light him on fire. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out the void is filled with grapes of Kev, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and that's the horror. That's the horror of the whole thing. Kev. Yes. Kev, I'm, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just pictured the, like, Dr. Evil pinhead Dr. Evil at the end, like, opening the triangle and it lights up. And when the camera focuses, it's just Kev on the other side of the triangle being like, ah. Fucking hate this man. This sucks. <laughs> it's just, terrible. Terrible. It's just an infinity of you just like complaining about everything. That's Dreadful. what that's what the other side of the triangle is. It's just you standing in a deserted plane. Uh I think the end of the movie is Danielson, uh, you know, Daniel and Allison. They they walk up to the giant black pyramid and you're you're in the pyramid. Just like that was <laughs> exactly awful. sitting in a throne at the top. <laughs> Yeah, I'm totally with you. Danielson. <laughs> As in like Mr. Miyagi's trainee Danielson, that'd be even better. We've only been like we've all watched this movie once, Jarhigo twice, and like Jarhigo already has a has a couple name from the main couple in the movie. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. They're like the new Brangelina. So um I'll Continue if, unless somebody else has something. Yeah, man. Shit. To, you know, drop another shit. Let's let's drive this one into oblivion. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I thought that, you know, and again, from my very hyper-negative purview, this movie, like, straight from the bang, I was like, okay, we got the pregnant girl, we got the cop and the nurse that were together, but now they're not. And then you got, you know, the old grizzled state cop who, you know, ends up getting killed in the first 10 minutes. And, you know... Dude, he lasted, like, three minutes. I thought he was going to be, like, the antagonist or something throughout. Same here. I thought he was going to be, like, a rocker. He didn't even have a badge on. He just had, like, a a puffy jacket. I was like, this is... I loved how passive-aggressive he was, too. He's like, would your dad have appreciated this shit show? It's like, bro, calm it down. Yeah, really, dude. (laughs) Who just shot somebody? Like, take it (laughs) easy, Well, and then... Right, and then he takes his gun away, and I was like, why is he doing that? And then later, he finds the gun covered in gore and gives it to the the grandfather. And he's like, this is all I could get. Hope you know how to use it. It's like, (laughs) why don't you show him how to use it, bro, since he's protecting his pregnant granddaughter. Who ended up fucking killing him, which was pretty dark. Yeah, that was pretty dark. Anyway, yeah, a lot of holes. The whole, the whole, the Daniel, like, 
your dad was a cop thing. Like, no, just get that out of there. That didn't even need to be there. I don't know why it was. It, they just kept bringing it up. It was like, why are you bringing this up again? <laughs> why are you bringing up yeah. his troubles with his living up to his dad's image of being a cop? You know, it, it, I get what they were trying to do, but it definitely played more like um, the uh, David Starsky, Ellen Starsky thing from <laughs> Starsky and Hutch, which was quite funny. <laughs> the uh the the my dad was a cop thing was completely unnecessary so unnecessary you know the 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 hallucination flashback sort of thing with with uh you know bobo bill paxton and his mute son like i think part of that was trying to explain their backstory right and you know that was kind of interesting like a little more of that would have been good or making that a little clearer would have been good instead of wasting time you know talking about my dad was a cop (laughs) doesn't really matter yeah they should have spent the energy fleshing out the the relationship in general between paxton and the mute kid because i didn't even get that they were father and son and then i read the credits and i was like wait what this is bizarre I mean, I, I like the idea of leaving it ambiguous until you make the reveal, but I think making the reveal would be clearer, would be helpful. Yeah, a little bit clearer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I didn't quite get what they were driving at with that particular hallucination scene, but it didn't really bother me. Like, I didn't feel like I needed to go back and check it out again. It was much clearer with the pregnancy thing at the end. Like, that was a clear, you know, callback. Which I just want to say for the record that... that um Watching a horror movie that's all about, like, fetuses getting really fucked up and murderous death and, like, moms dying is not something you should watch when your wife's going to have a kid in a month. No, I agree with that. The whole time I was like, man, this is fucking heavy. I don't don't want to watch this. I'm sorry about that, man. I I thought about that as I was watching it because I hadn't seen it in, you know, probably a couple of years. And I was watching it. I was like, oh, fuck, poor Chad. (laughs) Yeah, I was... I was just, just gonna like, movie, man, dude. that's it's just a movie. heavy, bro. Fucking <laughs> like fetus, like dragging the dead mother's body across the fucking floor in the last scene. It's like, whoa. Oh well, just a movie. I'll probably have a couple nightmares tonight, but that's okay. Uh, guys, hang on a second. Hang on a second, folks. We're gonna be getting right back to the nerdery in a second, but I just had to take a quick break because I want to thank everybody so much for tuning into the show. We put a lot of work into it, and we really love doing it. And if you like the show, there's a couple of great ways you can support the show. First, you can rate us and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also tell someone to check out the show. Word of mouth is incredibly powerful, incredibly important, and we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning into the show, and now back to the mayhem. I kind of thought that the doctor being the big bad was kind of an interesting reveal. You get the him in the background when the girl's at the med closet getting supplies thing, and you're like, oh, okay, so, you know, the thing is awakened and it's going to eat her or whatever. But then it turns out he's just like creepy serial killer cult leader, dude. I didn't expect I it. definitely, yeah, I definitely didn't see that coming. I thought he was pretty good as, uh, you know, a sort of evil, you know, like a kind of a pinhead type type character. Mm. I thought mm. I thought the actor did a good job. Um, yeah, that's Kenneth Welsh. He is a go ahead, Ben. Sorry. No, no go ahead. I was just going to say he has a long and storied uh, history in the acting and television world and film world. This guy has been in a lot of great stuff. 
like The Aviator and Legends of the Fall and a whole slew of television and, and movie credits. So he, he's an excellent actor. You would most definitely recognize him in something else. Cameo in The Expanse, which is random. Yeah, that was one of my nuggets. Thanks, Chad. Welcome. <laughs> I just want to make this particular love- episode as miserable as possible for you. <laughs> Uh, I love I love the trend of nugget sniping. Yeah, I was I was miserable when I came in. Yeah, and that's like two great nugget snipes. <laughs> Come on, man! There was no way you were going to get the knives chow one. Like as soon as she was on screen, I was like, "Fuck yeah, knives!" I didn't get it. I had to I had to read that one. Oh so really? I'm not as I, I yeah. That wasn't like a everybody Kev's moment of like, oh yeah, she was in X. It was more like a she was knives chow. Yeah, man. I mean, she was, I, I thought she was great as the sort of, I don't give a shit trainee nurse in the beginning, but then later, you know, her last line was pretty dreadful. Is it over? Is, is it over? As a brief cul-de-sac on her character, it all leading up to her not being able to perform the C-section, I thought was interesting. Like, she obviously didn't have the chops to actually, you know, be a nurse, but then... When the mute guy comes upstairs, there's like a, a cultist with like their head turned into fucking strawberry jam on the floor, assumingly by her. So it kind of went zero to 60 pretty quick on the whole like being comfortable with gore thing. Well, yeah. And then at the beginning, she was complaining about, oh, they never let me do anything around here except get coffee and box up files. You know, have you ever heard of computers? You know, there's a <laughs> thing now called computers. <laughs> Well, computers box up the files? Oh, God. (laughs) So bad. Ellen Wong called a sag over. Benny, you were talking about Dr. Evil for a minute and how you enjoyed, what, his ability to portray the character or, like, the way that it was written as, like, a twist? I think I was referring more to uh, Kenneth Welsh's portrayal. Um, And the character design and, you know, like, I thought it was a good creepy baddie you know sort of uh pinhead like figure uh, which somebody said before i don't remember who but yeah the twist as well all of, all of that was was good it was well played it was done well the wrong actor in that would have definitely blown it no he was the right guy to have in there man he definitely like was kind of the linchpin and he he you know he brought a considerable amount of acting weight to definitely elevate this film well certainly to elevate the acting because i thought the rest of it was pretty marginal i like the um particular twist of allison being on the operating table and the whole time you're kind of like oh he's going to turn around and reveal that his face is peeled off and you're kind of expecting that reveal the whole time and it turns out the reveal is he's already like done what he was going to do to her which it was i i don't know it surprised me i was like oh shit that's rough i liked that you didn't get to see his face and that he had already done what he did to her because your your mind was immediately like oh we're gonna see his face like you know here's me like mr negativity about this movie like i was watching it like (laughs) okay now we're gonna see his face then he's gonna inject her with some demonic baby egg or something man you know and then tendrils are going to come out of somewhere, a la the thing, and then there's going to be some barbed wire involved, and then none of that happened. So I was very glad to see that, except that he clever. was kind of like his head was down, and he was like, these are my other experiments, Allison. This one didn't go right because I didn't have enough eye of newt. You know, like that was a little eh, but, you know, uh, on the most part it was it was pretty solid, and I liked that they – the denial of the reveal. 
Yeah. And in hindsight, it's kind of a clever way to save money. You don't have to do a big preacher session. You know, you can just like well, it's all, insinuate. Yeah. And the, it, it builds tension when you have, you know, when you things that you can't see are scary and they build tension. So you're like dying, you know, after like a minute, you're like dying to see the guy's face. Like, what does he look like? Did he peel his skin off like Bev upstairs or what? And I'll use that as a segue to my next point, <laughs> which is that this movie is devoid of tension. <laughs> Christ on crutches, man. Lack of energy and tension. Like, that was what I was feeling. Combined with the profanity just made it not have the tension that it needed to have because there's a lot of, like, you know, diabolical, demonic shit going on in it. You know, I thought it was pretty decent with attention. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, Kev, but okay, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I just didn't think it was there, man. I, like the the smoking scene, just like all the air was taken out of that, and like all of the, you know, like Daniel with the f bombs, and I, you know, the dialogue was just ridiculous. I even wrote a whole chunk down. It was so bad to use as an example because I knew one of you would get in my face about it. <laughs> Not to not to shit talk you, but it kind of seems like like legit. It seems like you you kind of gave up on it like early on. So th- at that point, when when I give up on a movie, I just like there's no there's no going back, you know. Well, look, I have extolled the the virtues. Of the, I told you I was going to have two an alternate timeline of what I thought, and then my my regular timeline. And I feel like I've done service to both. Okay, so sure, sure. I have I have extolled the virtues, and I have uh, backed up some great points that you guys have brought up and I've also been turned on a couple of things. So I'm not just, Oh, I'm not, I'm not shit talking. I just, I guess what I'm saying is like, I know what you mean. It sounds like if it wasn't for an episode of the show, you probably just would have stopped watching the movie. That's, that's kind of the difference between, you know, digging a movie or needing to watch a movie kind of thing. I mean, it's possible that I would have given up and just put, put my phone down and gone and done something else. But at the same time, I didn't, like completely nope out. I mean, I was committed because I was like, you know, must do show tomorrow. Like, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I was trying, trying hard, man. But you know what? But I will say to what you, your comment, I will say this. When, the, when, I, when I perceived what I thought was the bad dialogue in the beginning, I definitely noped out on the dialogue. And I was like, this is terrible. And you know, it kept getting worse. So I was proven right. And that's, I mean, Ben doesn't agree and that's fine, but I I thought it was terrible. And I do think that it was because of that, it was just, it sucked a lot of the tension out of these scenes that needed to be there. So in, in essence, on one hand, I'm sort of backing you guys up. Like you guys are saying that, you know, there's, this is a pretty good movie and there's like some interesting things going on. And I agree with that. And I I think the thing about the dialogue and the acting is that, or the writing and the dialogue probably first and foremost is that it sucks the tension out of what could have been some great scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. My only comment, for for example, for hang on one second. So for example, the smoking scene. So it's like, you know, like the, the what's, you know, whatever somebody gets hurt, right. Or the girl is on the floor, the prego girl is on the floor. And then, you know, Paxton comes in and he's, you know, lights up a smoke. And then we take like an unnecessary 30 to 60 seconds to talk about the cigarette. You know what I mean? And it was poorly executed on top of just not needing to be there. So it just, it's sucking air out of it. Like, that's what I mean by that, you know? Yeah. 
if that makes any sense whatsoever. What well, I kind of like the meta. <laughs> it's kind of meta. <laughs> Where it's like, they talked about a cigarette for a minute, and they didn't need to, and it didn't need to be there. And we're talking about talking about a cigarette, and it kind of doesn't need to be there, because we've kind of talked about it already. (laughs) We've kind of already covered it, but I get it. I like how meta it is. Oh, my God. All right, all right. (laughs) I mean, I'm... I mean, look, here's another example. That particular scene just didn't really stick out at me as being that egregious. So, whatever. I get it. I get where you're coming from. No, I... Look, I'm not saying the dialogue was terrific, but then again, I'm also saying that I never expect the dialogue to be terrific. Exactly. You know, maybe they didn't do the most fantastic job of creating tension, but they definitely did ratchet up the intensity throughout the entire movie. You know, as as we're going along, like more things keep happening and you're still not really getting any answers to what's happening, which creates a sort of like anxiety, it has like an anxiety inducing effect of its own sort of. You know, and the whole time those those, you know, the the uh, pants suit and uh, dress shoe supernatural creatures in the robes <laughs> that are standing outside just ominously waiting, you know, like nobody knows what, you know, you kind of expect them to all bust through the doors at any moment, you know, and it, it's not until the very end of the movie that they do. And, you know, I mean, the tri Yeah, I think. And they only kind of bust through, too. You're expecting more of a zombie-style bust-in thing, but they just kind of like, oh, hey, guys, uh, anybody here to get murdered? Or, you know, like they don't really like. (laughs) Is there anybody here we can murder? We were waiting for you all to come outside, but you didn't. I know I stabbed you uh, that one time. Uh, Have I stabbed you yet? Uh, No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I might. We're just, I mean, this is kind of a funny story. We're actually friends with Dr. Evil, and we wanted to come in and see if there was any more people to kill. Yeah. When they give us these sweet knives with our memberships, so like, you and- <laughs> Marv, didn't I stab you yesterday? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's what it is, dude. That's what it is. Didn't Anybody I care st- for some stummies? Stab you yesterday, Marv? Oh, stummies. Mmm. Oh, when I invented stummies. Well, it's kind of like stummies. I like what I hear so far. Go on. <laughs> but the pill's bigger. <laughs> it's it's exactly like stummies. It's a much bigger pill. As long as there aren't any flipper babies, am I right? <laughs> there were only a couple of flipper babies. <laughs> this is a pill that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. <laughs> We got to do that one soon. Oh, man. So damn good. Kids in the hall cul-de-sac. Over. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. That's it. Let's go. I kind of get what both of you guys are saying in the sense that, like, on the one hand, Kev, I think I hit the same very, very early crappy dialogue that you did. And as soon as I hit it, I immediately was like, eh, it's a horror movie. Don't care. And so kind of took a leaf from Ben's book of like taking it for what it is. And it sounds like that might have just, yeah, not been the same for you, which is totally fine. But it also sounds like, Benny, you're you're kind of coming at it from the like take it for what it is slash horror movies always have bad dialogue kind of tri- – well, normally have bad dialogue kind of trip. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm dead. <laughs> Death for Chad, finally. Y- yes. Yes. What kind of death is that? I don't know. Like, what the fuck? It's true what many of you have heard. Machines. (laughs) You don't agree? You don't think that's... I don't know. Whatever. Strike it from the record, then. Sorry. (laughs) Nobody gives a fuck about what you just said, Death. 
well, to be fair, you kind of waited out there. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, being like uh, I said, yeah, I was nodding my head vigorously in audio form. Did you not see me nodding my head? <laughs> fair enough. On to the next. I'm going to just rattle off some please dialogue examples. Please give us some more of- gems. Yes. I look forward to the snark. I actually took the time to tra- I took the time to transcribe this cuz I had brought this up a little a, a minute ago. Oh cool. You're going to recreate the bad dialogue? That's going to be It's going to be fun. Are we going back to the cigarette scene again? No, I'm not going back to the cigarette scene. It's the scene where they they go they go, go to get what's her face out of the supply closet or whatever. And you know, this is an example of what I'm talking about. So Daniel goes what about you, man of mystery? And he goes, mind your own business. And by the way, pretty stupid running off by herself. Then he says, Daniel's response to that is, okay, I'm pretty certain you can beat the shit out of me, but I consider it my special privilege to hate my wife right now. So if you could kindly shut the fuck up. I was like, this is so dumb. That part in particular, I was like very noping out like that just made no sense and it was just terrible 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 i'm I'm not gonna argue with you it's bad (laughs) yeah the things that they're saying are just they they're so bad and it just makes no sense (laughs) you know like later later on like like they can't they go into the basement one somebody's like smells like a grave i was like a grave (laughs) really a grave what does a grave smell like you know like I don't know. It's just so... Maybe it smelled like the glaive from Krull. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like a glaive. It smells like a glaived donut. Oh! Whoa. My glaben. Ooh. So, you know, like, and, and going along with, like, the bad dialogue, it's like Daniel just seems angry in every scene. So, like, I'm not getting any rainbow of emotions there, which also kind of upset me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Go on, you had me at uh, hatred. You had me at three pages of these notes. That was pretty wild, though, with the uh, pregnant girl's belly and the scalpel. Just You're like, oh, please don't. I just do not want to see a baby being cut out of a pregnant woman right now. Like, please, with the fucking textbook open right next to it. Like, there was a bit of suspenseful moments for me right there, for sure. I didn't want to see that either. But she slices her grandfather's throat, which was pretty fucked up. Like, that was kind of an interesting little climactic twist where she's the impregnated with the seed of uh, Dr. Evil or whatever. There were many cultists at the end. You you would have thought, you know, you join this KKK cult and when the dude opens the giant triangle door, be allowed to stand they there all while he survives for a while and then reap the rewards of your club membership or whatever. I figured they would all be sitting there going umna shi- umna shiva exactly. behind like behind everybody while the the triangular portal door to the gripes of Kev world was opening up. You but know? they're just like standing outside still or something. But it was interesting enough. They're still standing outside with their knives akimbo, you know, the one arm out, like ready to stab or whatever in ceremonious fashion. Um, you know, the other, uh, I mean, that's basically it for my notes, except for the scene with the hammer. And this is the last thing I'm going to talk about. And then I promise you'll be free of me and the gripes of Kev. But this, the hammer scene. Then maybe Kev, then maybe Ben can talk. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) 
about the movie he asked us to watch. <laughs> That's not going to happen now. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even have the energy. All right, go ahead. Somebody else go. So, yep, the, uh, the dialogue indeed was bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I almost just sprayed my entire kit with coffee. Wow. <laughs> Kev talks about that when he hates for like 40 minutes. <laughs> He's like, yep, yep, I hear you, bro. <laughs> ah, I love it. Memory serves, I don't think I was ever defending the dialogue in this movie, so. He never was. No, you were not. So, was so I'm agreeing with you there. Memory, memory does serve. Once again, Kev, I agree. <laughs> oh, that's fucking beautiful. What did you guys think of the, like, Lone Star with the knife in his back thing, like, lying there watching it all go down while the fucking Children of the Corn pregnant girl is, like, so pumped that she's going to have a demon torn out of her or whatever? It was kind of a weird sequence. Wait, Lone Star? Yeah, fucking, what's his name? The cop. (laughs) Why did you call him Lone Star? I don't know. Kind of got a bit of a Lone Star vibe. Who's Lone Star? (laughs) Isn't that the main dude from Spaceballs? (laughs) <laughs> i'm trying to think of the actor's name and it's not coming it's bill pullman was the actor's there name you go. in Spaceballs. he does kind of have a, a bill pullman vibe going on no he definitely has the bill pullman hair from Spaceballs. no question definitely god i wish we had somebody had dropped that in the beginning of this episode you had gone with it you know it was on the tip of my tongue but you threw me off with the bill paxton thing and then it disappeared so there you go well, okay, but if that was Bill Paxton, B-list Bill Paxton was that guy, then, you know, Pullman was the other guy. Lone yeah, Star was B-list, the other guy. B-list Pullman. And the creatures, the, cre- <laughs> the creatures were Pizza <laughs> the Hut, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're delicious, boss. <laughs> All right. I'm, done. I'm tired of talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. I'm done bitching about it, and I don't have any more notes. I know you guys are sick of listening to me, so... Um, let's let's just do all the ratings and go home. So the movie's ends, everybody. The movie ends, everybody. Well, we talked about the end already. I mean, we, we open the portal, and there's me bitching about the movie, and that's where all the evil and the hatred comes from, which was a nice bit of show lore, I might add. For sure. I kind of feel like the only thing that might be worth touching on for a moment, which I don't think is a gripe necessarily, but I thought it was kind of odd having the two main characters, husband and wife, standing in the Beetlejuice desert. At the end there. Somehow they're both whole, you know. But Dr. Evil's gone now instead of being like second stage final form of the boss or whatever. But whatever. It doesn't really matter at that stage. Well, I mean, look, to 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 go in the other direction, like that's another great example of unexplained lore. So they really just should have left that out because, you know, it, it had a very like kind of, um, you know, they did, they didn't have enough time or money to explain that any further you know like them sort of crossing over and clearly being whole in whatever the triangle void world was you know so i i feel like they should have just left that out because it was it was intriguing enough that it made me think about it you know and now it's making me think about it more that you're mentioning it and it was kind of powerful with uh, lone star pushing dr evil through the triangle and just like leave it at that <laughs> Yeah, it sounds powerful when you call him Lone Star, for sure. And Dr. Evil. I just picture Mike Myers the whole time. And Dr. Evil. There you go. 
horror movies often have very ambiguous endings. But in this case, yeah, why are they whole? What the fuck happened to Dr. Evil? You know, I don't mind wondering about things, but it definitely wasn't a very tight ending. <laughs> no, it's amb- ambiguous for sure. But it was like, you know, an ambiguous ending on a very odd and clearly like schlocky horror movie. So like it's not, not a big deal, you know. No, it's not a big deal, but you would have thought there would have been some wrap-up or resolution of some kind, even if it was like, you know, the bad guys win, like whatever. It was really kind of like somewhat of a nothing burger in the sense that we just, we didn't really get much of anything. You know, it was like they try to prevent the portal opening and then he pushes them through and then he's reunited with his wife. Like, I get that now, you know, but I don't know. I kind of liked that there wasn't a quote unquote last girl horror trope and there were two people that survived. That was even if the scene itself was bad, bad writing, I kind of dug that, that two people got out of it S- slightly outside the norm. Are you referring to Lone Star and Princess Leia? No, I'm referring to Knives Chow and uh, the fucking mute dude. Oh, that's right. And then they run off and they have their own adventures and they start a family, get an apartment together. <laughs> Yep, that's it. Go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> and that, folks, is a wrap. Uh, let's do the NDR. Nuggets, deaths, ratings. You guys got nuggets? I have no nuggets, Chad, because you sniped both of them. <laughs> Once in the first one second of the show and the second one in the middle of the show. I like that I sniped your nuggets, too. I like that a lot. Good. I know you like it. It wasn't on purpose, but I love it because of how grumpy you were to begin with. So Probably the most entertaining thing about this entire podcast. <laughs> was what him sniping my nuggets ben him sniping your nuggets yeah fair enough i've got a nugget that's maybe more for the audience since you guys both watched the uh making of that benny so uh thoughtfully sent our way but i really enjoyed that all of the cultists standing out in the parking lot were essentially cg because they couldn't film it properly with the rain and stuff i thought that was funny Right. It's funny that that was a scene that needed to be done in post in CGI, considering like how driven by practical effects the rest of it is. You'd think that would be like a no brainer. But in fact, it just they couldn't get it to look right. <laughs> so they yeah, had it's to super funny. Fake it. Everything else is practical except for the people standing mm. and still perfectly still. <laughs> I have no nuggets. So what do you got, dude? That's Mr. Sniper nuggets. of Nuggets. I just told you my nugget and you didn't respond. <laughs> Yes, you're right. I didn't. Deaths. Okay, so that's it. Just just that one. That just one. one man. We don't have a lot of deaths. You had a dad joke death. I had a. You guys didn't give a fuck about what I was saying. Death, Benny. I don't know if you had a death, but I think you kind of died throughout this uh, episode. Just yeah, I think I, I died with all the hostility towards my movie pick. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I had a. I had a void which binds death. We all did, sort of. So kind of the standard schmattering. I think if I'd set it up a little better, maybe attitudes would be different about it. But it's it's cool this way. It's funny. It's tragic. One or the other. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go in and it's like it is what it is. Like everybody has their own sort of purview. And then it's like we come together and it's like, that's EBD gold, baby. Ratings? Kev, I want you to go first because like, I can't wait to hear. How low can you go? Can you do negative ratings? Okay, so I wish I knew about the Horace Deovers thing about this movie. And because I didn't, I was, you know, pretty pretty damn grouchy about this movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it. Almost fell asleep, all that stuff. The movie does have a lot going for it, okay? I've already extolled <laughs> some of the virtues, but I would like to reiterate that 
I think it's fantastic that they got this movie made, you know, with really just a pittance, like nothing. And they stretched that budget into something that looks really, really good. Creature effects were fantastic. I love that they're all practical. I love that Kenneth Walsh is in this movie as the doctor because he's great in a bunch of other stuff that I've seen. So, you know, the sets were great too. The dialogue, I really think, was like the, the Achilles heel of this thing and the, and the writing in general. But, you know, like Ben said, like, I don't think this dialogue's supposed to be good, you know? So I'm kind of torn. Like, I'm going to give it two ratings based on what I said before. I've got two quantum realities going for this particular episode, and I'm going to keep it that way. This is a never-before first-time scenario here on the EBD podcast. Okay, so I'm going to give it in my non-grumpy quantum reality, this movie gets a six. Like, they they tried. There was a lot of great effort. They did a lot with very little money, similar to Zardoz. You know, like, I definitely can appreciate that. That is a lot higher than I was expecting. And, and applaud it. But my other score, okay, my other score, my other quantum reality is a, f- is a 1.5. Terrible, terrible, terrible. That's it. Which averages out to a 3.75. I don't roll that way. This one's going to be a double... A double whammy? A double barrel rating? A double barrel rating, man, because I'm operating... No whammies, no whammies, big bucks, big bucks, stop. Stop. Exactly. Because I'm operating in two realities this time. Well, I'll go next. I think I think the improbability drive should uh, should go last in this one. I, I'm not firing the, the improbability drive up for this one. No worries. Well, that's up to you. I can't speak on your behalf. I am very surprised to be the middlingest bear in this uh, Goldilocks kind of thing. Is it Goldilocks? Most definitely. So you've got the just right porridge, Chad. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the. I was. I'm surprised to be with the just right porridge here because I'm not a fan of horror movies. Um, so I think, like, because I don't really enjoy horror movies, this was always going to be more of a like, I don't know, observational thing as opposed to. Anything else? But um, it's going to have a low rating, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I appreciate the dedication a lot. I really think that the pra- practical effects were super masterful. And the, like, raising 90K crowdfunding and then, like, netting 150 at the box office. $150,000 is, like, the gross total for this film at the box office, and that was, like, profitable. It's, like, a shoestring budget, which is crazy impressive. As I mentioned before, it reminds me a lot of Prospect in terms of the dedication, so like I give mad props for that. In terms of the algorithm, it's another Benny Pick Ice Pirates, I think, I enjoyed more, uh, probably because it wasn't a horror and was a comedy. But similarly, we went into it pretty much unknown. And um, so the Ice Pirates beats it, and it just pips Bloodshot. So it's it's an interesting company, considering I'm not a, a horror junkie. And I am, I'm pleased to announce that it's better than Thor The Dark World because that movie was ridiculous. So it comes in at a 3.6, which is kind of in meh territory, but that's you're going to have a hard time getting out of meh territory with uh, with me with horror movies. So it's more of a like props to these guys for making something they love kind of a, a verdict for me. Mm. Yeah, blood. Yeah, blood. <clears throat> it's funny that you mentioned Ice Pirates because I was just thinking that the, uh, the robot pimp from Ice Pirates name <laughs> should be Whores Deovers. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's too good. And that's my rating now. <laughs> <laughs> the improbability drive is there. Uh, I've said it before in this podcast. I'll say it again. I think horror movies kind of deserve their own criteria for rating um, amongst other horror movies. 
I think this one, you know, I, I would give it a seven. I think it's, you know, of course it has terrible dialogue, but I think that's part of the ticket price. It has great practical effects. Um, it builds intensity throughout. If, if not, doesn't ratchet up tension. It definitely builds intensity throughout. Mm. You know, I think if you go in without expecting to hear Shakespeare, uh, it's pretty entertaining. So I'm going to be at a seven. Sweet. Out of 10. And do you do you kind of feel like this execution holds a candle to any of the stuff it was calling back to? Or is it kind of hard to ever be as good as that old school stuff? Well, I applaud it for attempting to tickle the nostalgia vibe of those old 80s horror flicks, the the Lovecraftian horror, the body horror, all of that stuff. So, you know, it, it on the first watching, it got me. I had a great time watching it. This time, it was definitely a bit of a slog. Like the dialogue stuck out and all that. But, you know, I'm I'm judging it based on my first watching of it. Yeah, yeah. And this is the second time you've seen it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. It's a little bit of a different flavor, but like I watched that Nick Cage movie Mandy a year or two ago, and it seemed like similarly it was trying to harken back to a weirder. It's totally different, but. Yeah, it's that one's interesting. I watched Color Out of Space recently. That was interesting. You know. Similar to like a John Wick or something. Like It's like you can't go back. You can do a homage or you can kind of, I don't know, do a like a new take on it and it feels like this is firmly in the homage territory i get it like i I definitely got like old school vibes from it for sure i mean for what you're gonna watch a horror movie for i think it's perfectly entertaining but that's you know that's my take Mm, from a, a horror fan or at least enough of one yeah for sure no i agree with that ben and i would i would recommend somebody to watch this movie i mean there's there's films that we've done tv shows whatever that i like yeah don't just don't even bother but this I would definitely it's definitely worth a checkout, you know, for sure, man, because there's a lot of cool things going on, you know? Yeah. You might like it, you might fucking hate it. <laughs> you might react like me, you know. I did initially. Because I thought this was supposed to be like a serious, you know. On that though on that though, like I've had a, I had a friend show me a couple of horror movies a few years back and I like fucking hated them. So I definitely didn't get this that vibe from this. You know, in terms of like, I don't know, the, some of the other ones that I didn't like were just like gratuitous to the point of ridiculousness. And believe it or not, this one wasn't gratuitous to that point. So I definitely think it, it's horror fans would dig it, I reckon. Well, all right. Well, all right. All right. Well, happy Halloween, dudes. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Yes. Whoopie woo. <laughs> Whoopie woo. Kevin doesn't give a shit. I don't. Uh, Franken chat <laughs> or Franken lab or whatever your damn Halloween name is. <laughs> Franken lab. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> Whatever your Franken labs. Franken lab. What's coming up next week? Next week, in honor of the election, we're doing Idiocracy, which I think is a perfectly timed movie. Yes, Mike Judge. Let's do it. You know, the world needs President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho right about now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, this show was a lot of fun for me to do. I don't know about it. I don't think it was for Jarigo, but. Not you for know, anybody else. Maybe for Chad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I had a, a negative purview about the movie um, Booberry Higo. And, it's you know, fine. Um, I don't think I had the uh, the, the juice left over to, to try and make a counterpoint. 
So he just <laughs> mercilessly beat the shit out of it. He just steamrolled it. Kept kicking it while it was already on the floor. And uh, all I could do was be like, I guess you're going to kick it again. Go ahead. He's just going to keep kicking it. So I might as well just sit down and have a coffee. I'm just going to watch the carnage. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a, uh, I'm sorry, you're welcome, Kev? Uh, Booberry Higo, I'm sorry, you're welcome. <laughs> Love it. Our most underappreciated episode ever. The one where Benny's backing up in a truck for half of the episode. All right, so we know what we're doing next week. Folks, thanks for joining us for this uh, Halloween special. Or should I say, thank you for joining us on this Halloween special. And <laughs> that's going to have to be cut. No way. No way. No way, man. Anyway, stay tuned next week as we tackle the election-themed Idiocracy by Mike Judge. I know we're all excited. There you go. And that's it, folks. Thanks again for joining us. And for now, so long. Good evening. Happy Halloween, dudes. See ya. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode, folks. You can find the show notes for this episode in your podcast app, Oh Choice. Or at our website, ebd.fm forward slash episodes forward slash 78. If you'd like to support the show, there's a bunch of great ways you can do it. You can rate us and review us wherever you get your podcasts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Leaving a review would be fantastic. We had uh, one of you guys left us a review. I'm not going to say who it was, but it was great and we certainly appreciate it. Also, you can tell a friend to check out the show. I know a bunch of you do that already and we need all of you to do it so we can expand the show and quit our day jobs. So you can find us on social media using the handle at EBD Podcast. And that is our handle on just about every social media. We spend a lot of time lately on Instagram having conversations, a few on Facebook. So jump on either one of those and join in on the conversation. Thanks again for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time. Broadcasting live from inside the power band, it's Booberry and his scary friends. Ooh. And then I found $5. <laughs> Your Skype delayed there, so I think we just kind of lost you. We're going to call that a void which binds death. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that is what we call that. The void which binds is a whole new meaning now, man. Uh, well, I didn't even <laughs> think of that. The Void Witch Binds is just a giant black room with a throne in it, and Kev just bitching. <laughs> it's a barren wasteland with a giant black pyramid where made of made of Kevin's hatred for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the whole pyramid brick is just hatred. Placed with pure contempt. Crystallized hatred. Oh, I fucking love it. The bricks of my palace are made out of pure hatred. Mr. November, he likes it hot.